0: the Lord. Thank you for that sweet solemn praise and worship this morning. Oh, thank you. Sometimes we just need that quiet time because we can't always do it on our own. So I thank you for our praise and worship ministry leading us until that still quiet time that we also need to just fortify ourselves and just be quiet and just feel his presence as we hear the words hallelujah 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 so thank you so much so we've started um all our streaming and i will not be before you long this morning just give me a thumbs up to let me know that you can hear me okay all right thank you so much most gracious and heavenly father I know that you've packed some some things that you've had me put on this paper. But, Father, as I always ask you to lead me and guide me and to help me just unpack what is most important to you, Father, and, and take away everything that may just be abstract or may just be, you know, extra participles of, of verbiage, Father. You know, just, just allow what you need to hit home to hit home father praise you father thank you father we give you all the honor and all the glory that our technology allowed us to move through this service thus far so father those that take part in our service now and those that take part in our service later may they be blessed from everything that has transpired thus far in jesus name I pray and I thank you. Amen, amen, amen. All right, family, so I won't be before you long. Today's lesson is entitled, The Healthy Church. And I want to start right at home with Foursquare. So I want to start with the Foursquare Declaration of Faith. And for those of you that have already studied within the Foursquare Polity Course, you already know that this declaration is what governs each pastoral ministry as they take part or come to join Foursquare with the International uh, Gospel Church as they are world-renowned. And the founder, she just put this all together and who would have known within her mind while she was doing what the lord told her to do that it would go or spread as far as it has but i want to share the founding principles and then you'll see why the lord allowed it to grow the way that it has so the declaration of faith tells us that mm -mm, The the Declaration of Faith tells us that we believe that the Holy Bible is the word of the living God. It's true, steadfast, unchangeable, as its author, the Lord Jehovah, that it was written by holy men of old as they were moved upon and inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know, I used to always ask, who wrote the Bible? And how do we know that it's truth in the Bible. And that's part of our faith to just know that God inspired the individuals that put the, the stories together to make the basic instruction book of uh, for living while here on earth, right? So we just have to praise God and know that it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. That is a, a lightened lamp to guide the feet of a lost world from the depths of sin and sorrow to the heights of righteousness and glory an unclouded mirror that reveals the face of a crucified savior a plumb line to make a straight to make straight the life of each individual and community a sharp two-edged sword to convict of sin and evil doing a strong Chord of love and tenderness to draw the penitent to Christ Jesus. A balm in Gilead, unbreath by the Holy Spirit. That can heal and quicken each drooping heart. The only true ground of Christian fellowship and unity. The loving call of any infinitely loved, loving God the solemn warning, the distant thunder of the storm of wrath and retribution that shall overtake the unheeding, a signpost that points to heaven, a danger signal that warns from hell, the divine, supreme, eternal tribunal by whose standards all men, nations, creeds, and motives shall be tried. Our founder, Amy Simple McPherson, put that together for our declaration for Foursquare International Gospel Church. So when the church establishes itself on a solid foundation, how do we, the pastors of the church, keep it healthy? Simple. We follow the fundamentals it was built on. Amen? But I warn you, we must be knowledgeable of the different denominations and hear God's word through it all. It falls upon us to make it right. Throughout history, man has been religious to some extent, we would all agree, right? The religious group, can be newly formed or well-established. But one has always existed, and they have all agreed that the government has no right to pass laws approving or disapproving a religious establishment. So we thought, right? And because of this, we are where we are today. Don't we find ourselves today fighting for our rights, our amendment rights, the rights that the United States were established on to say that we have freedom of speech and freedom of religion. But don't we find today that it's being tried and it's being tested over and over again? You see, the laws were set so that the so that there would never be an official designation of a superior or inferior religion and that all beliefs and practices are to be equally tolerated as long as they operated legally and caused no harm against any person's will right They were created that way. But did you get what I just said? People can create any type of religion. Did you hear that? Because the laws were established. Inferior or or superior. As long as they did not harm anyone. Or as long as they were legal and not against anyone's will. Well now... Are our wills always aligned with God's will? Call it what they want. And as long as nobody complains about it, they can do what they want. Establishing any type of religion. We see that today. And through these laws, we now have fundamental evangelical churches. I can give you some examples. Let me see here. As we look at fundamental and evangelical churches, we look at where we are. Pentecostal church, right? The assembly of God, right? Baptist and Christian churches, right? We, we can agree with those. And some may not, as we know. But let me keep going. We have interdenominational fellowships. We have traditional Protestant denominations. So let's see. Full gospel, businessman fellowship, international women, youth with a mission, youth for Christ. Hmm. Presbyterian, Methodist, Episcopal, Lutheran. Hmm. The list could go on and on with all these different groups or all these different religions, so we say. Then we also have cults. Hmm. Do you know? masons and mormons and church of uh, Scientists those are listed under cults hmm. Occults Let's see Scientology New Ageism listed under occults and Satan worship humanism atheism UFO seekers neo-paganism, astrology. But yet, we know people that study these, all of them. And after they study them, they all can earn a degree and a title reverend, regardless of the denomination. And when we wear those titles, people recognize you under the title But they do not recognize, have knowledge of, or acknowledge the religion. Hmm. Again, our foundation. When we look around, we find there is a very thin line between Christianity and some of these other religions. There are family members. There are loved ones. There are people we work with. So where or why would we draw a line? Would we even know based off their actions that we needed to draw a line? We have become eager to please everyone or to grow our memberships at times that the church itself has begun to compromise. And because of this mixology of Christianity, the fundamentals as we once knew them have started to become diluted. Our faith, we find, has grown weak while all these other means of fellowship have improved and grown stronger. These new things have become more fun, more flashy, more glitzy, And the younger generations are just eating it up. (coughs) Excuse me. We find that they have greater appeal. And soon everyone wants to try it. Because it's the new thing. Or it's the end thing to do. Right? So you step in. Eventually uh, becoming or mixing with the more popular denominations. Or the suedo. Christian, and the unspiritual people you now find are all congregating together. All worshiping together. But wait, what are they truly worshiping? With a little bit of this and a little bit of that, it's all sprinkled together in one place, again mixing it all together, which for some can be good, And some can be bad. So let me give you an example. And please, again, I'm only the messenger, okay? Don't get mad at me. All right. He's unfolding this and he's leading me. Most churches go all out celebrating Christmas and Easter. You would say, we would all agree, right? Would someone please tell me? what the pine tree, the rabbit, and the eggs have to do with the true meaning of these occasions. Or better yet, tell me what is the real purpose of these quote unquote holidays? Because we are still going back and forth with, is it the true day that he was born? Is it the true day that he was crucified? You see, the calendar itself has been so jarred that we don't even know ourselves. Have we lost the holiday's true meaning behind all of this? Don't answer that. Just think about it. God has called only a chosen few to minister in the ministry of evangelism. Those which he has promised To cover as they travel in and out of destitute places. See, it's not meant for everybody to mix and mingle in all these different places. I'll say places because we know the church is in us. But when we go into these other buildings or we take part with these other people, even in relationships, work or loving relationships or whatever you may have, you know, he didn't make it for all of us to to carry that gift where we could discern and cut it off because we don't all have that gift of discernment or that gift of evangelism. Everyone is not equipped and must call, excuse me, must recall the laws of prosperity. If you would, go with me to Psalms 1, verses one through three and i'll be reading from the king james version so that's psalms verse one one through three and it reads blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners Prosper when we're doing it by God's will and not ours. All right. Therefore, in order to keep the church healthy, the pastor cannot condone all things and must speak truth. The shepherd has to start within his own home. We must not practice. but do certain things in our own home in order to learn and to grow in faith when it comes time to turn the other cheek and return blessings for cursings. We must start with our own families and those we work with and live around. Otherwise, we ourselves are mere hypocrites. Let's look deeper. I'm going to now go, or ask you to follow me, to 1 Timothy 3, and this one is going to be a rather long one, 1 through 13, and I've taken this one from the Message Bible, he told me to make it clear, alright, so let me begin, when you find it, you can join me. If anyone wants to provide leadership in the church, good. But there are preconditions. A leader must be well thought of, committed to his wife, cool and collected, accessible and hospitable. He must know what he's talking about. Not be over fond of wine, not pushy but gentle, not thin skinned, not money hungry, he must handle his own affairs well, attentive to his own children and having their respect. For if someone is unable to handle his own affairs, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a new believer, lest the position go to his head and the devil trip him up. Outsiders must think well of him, or else the devil will figure out a way to lure him into a trap. The same goes for those who want to be servants in the church. Serious, not deceitful, not too free with the bottle, not in it for what they can get out of it. They must be reverent before the mystery of the faith not using their position to try to run things. Let them prove themselves first. If they show they can do it, take them on. No exceptions are to be made for women. Same qualifications, serious, dependable, not sharp-tongued, not over-fond of wine. Servants in the church are to be committed to their spouses, attentive to their own children, and diligent in looking after their own affairs. Those who do this servant work will come to be highly respected, a real credit to this Jesus faith. That was from the message uh, translation. As a minister of the gospel, what right? have we to request from our followers what we won't do ourselves for the glory of god how can we preach the beatitudes in matthew 5 6 and 7 and not practice it ourselves i have to be honest to say that every time i visit those scriptures and study that sermon on, on, on the mound. Something in it. Regardless of how many times. I have studied it. Quickens my spirit. And just makes me love Jesus. Even more. Just to love all the things. That he came to do. And all the things that he did. And just to love him because. He committed to doing it. He could have said no. He could have turned over his plate. When the going got rough. He could have, he did have second thoughts and he said, Father, but yet he stayed the course. And the lessons that he taught his disciples within the three and a half years that he was here to teach them, that is equivalent to a lot of our degrees, right? But he taught them life lessons and prepared them for when he would no longer be here with them. For them to carry the torch so in closing remember each time we preach that God changes people right that's what we preach right or that prayer works we tell non-believers this all the time expecting them to believe it to grasp it as we do and we've had that three and a half years or more of studying with Christ And sometimes we can't even stick with it. But yet we go and we tell these new believers that prayer works. We better go tell it to the person in the mirror first. Because we need to stand on it. We must remember that the word of God is our standard and righteousness. It is our criteria. Look around family. We don't have time for turning the other cheek to make friends. Look around, family. We better start getting ready to cooperate in all the ways that we can to promote the progress of Christianity to the ends of the earth to which is what we were called to do take heed to every means of communication around you and proclaim the one true god so if that's on the telephone if that's on zoom if that's on youtube whatever type of social media if you have the opportunity in person we better get busy Stop being shy and bashful and thinking you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. You better start telling them about the Lord because the time is drawing near. We're not going to hurt them. As I started to say in the beginning, the law says as long as it's their will, if they're willing to stand there and hear you, as long as it's not hurting them, as long as they're not complaining, then it's our duty to tell them, and to spread the gospel. Later for all that hee-hee and ha-ha stuff, by God's grace, hurt no man, but help all you can. Help to save them as this world will chew them up and spit them out. And we did not take the time to do the due diligence to tell them about our Lord and Savior. Whose hands will their blood be on? If something were to happen to them. And we did not take the time to tell them about our Lord and Savior. the world will crush them in a blink of an eye and think nothing of it. Proclaim, my sisters and my brothers, your rightful place. Hear the celestial clarion call. Wake up, it's time to do kingdom work. Remember, turn with me, last scripture, to Titus 1 and I'm going to read verse 5 and then verse 9 and I'll be reading from the NIV version this time. Titus, Titus chapter 1 verse 5 and then I'm going to skip over to verse 9. And it reads, the reason I left you in Crete, Crete, excuse me, was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders to every town as I directed you. Let's move on. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught. So that he can encourage others to sound, excuse me, by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So, again, as they start coming out now with all of these laws that go against our amendment rights, we know that the Bible has already taught. Us. This is coming, but yet we must encourage one another by sound doctrine to refute those who oppose it. And guess what? It may come a time that it may cost us our lives. But so be it if we have done as our Savior has charged us to do. Throw out the lifeline, my brothers and sisters, and I pray that this message finds you well and in good spirits to receive what thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. I pray that you go in peace, many blessings, and thank you for the opportunity to share on the healthy church. As we prepare to close out, may I ask somebody to pray us out? Or do one of you mind praying us out? And then I'll go to our song. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Pastor Darby. Thank you so much. All right, let me transition to share my screen. Hallelujah. help if I unmute it, huh? (laughs) Alrighty. Thank mm-hmm. you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Well, family, as we've done as we've been charged to do, may you all go in peace and enjoy this beautiful day that the Lord has made. Prayfully, Pastor will be home shortly and mission will be accomplished. He'll be sharing. From Bahamas but for each of you do enjoy and thank you so much lady Dobby thank you for the praise and worship sister Christine thank you and sister Joyce for the prayer and the scripture and for the reminder (laughs) yes let me stop the sharing all right and hear you all tomorrow on the prayer line Lord willing Lord willing I will be traveling so I have to see what my schedule is going to be like once I get there but you all be safe and continue on as we've been chartered to do alright, commissioned, that's say saying chosen <laughs> how about that, amen alright shutting down, amen God bless you
1: God bless